This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League once again. I'm Tommy Thraw. Great to be with you and joined today by Jim Day. And we are in our respective home studios, if you want to call them that. Jim, how we doing? Fantastic. It's a beautiful day in the Natty. Only got some uh, good weather. Get outside and get some fresh air and, and hunker down as rain's coming back. I know. I saw that. I, I've got uh, I've got the place all opened up. I opened some windows today when I got back from my walk, and uh, yeah, great day out today. Wonderful. Yeah. Did, you, did you? We talked earlier today. Did you end up taking the bike out for a little bit? I uh, did not. I'm going to do it after this here broadcast. Oh, okay, good. So you are still yeah. going to get the the bicycle out there. Okay, good. good. We're talking about a bicycle, not a motorcycle. Well, it's, I. I Yes, a bicycle. I just got the training wheels off. <laughs> good. Well, you know, you're making progress. Baby yeah. steps. That's good. Got to do it at some point. What, have you been riding the bike quite a bit? What What have you been doing? What's uh, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but what's the update in your life? Yeah, what, doing that. And this, this truly might be the sign of the end of the world. I've actually been doing some working out, Tommy. Which What? For, for, yeah, I know. I know. Are, are you sitting when I delivered that news? Yeah, thankfully, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, so, uh, what, what, what kind of working out? I, you got to fill me in. What have What have you been doing? What kind of working out? Well, I have uh, dumbbells mainly, and good running, if you want to call it. I don't want to call it running. When I used to be an athlete, that we that's when I ran. But walking right. and running, jogging, I should say, biking. Okay. Um, good. See, I, I can't. I can't run. My knee doesn't hold up for that. Yeah, well, I don't do. I, I wouldn't call it running. What would I do? Okay, good. Light right, jog. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good, man. That's that's important, and I think that's one of the good things. Uh, I think that and exercise. It's amazing. We talk about staying active. It's so easy to just become pretty lethargic during this time. Uh, but if you can find a way to stay active, uh, I think that helps out mentally as much as it does physically as well. So that's that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that that you're doing that. Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, as, as a kid that grew up playing three sports and playing sports year round, and I played clear through my twenties in various ways, and it was always someone else telling me to run, making me run. Uh, right. You know, and then I got away from it big time when I of uh, the last decade or so, let's say. So getting back, it's that's the worst is getting back to doing it. So. But yeah, it's it's hard to sustain that. They came with them. Yeah. No. Now, well, okay, here's a, here's the phone number, by the way, if you want to be a part of the show. We're going to talk 90s Reds baseball today. We are also going to have Eddie Taubensy on for the second half of the show as part of our 90s discussion. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, 513-749-1360. Again, 513-749-1360. It's the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall, and uh, you can be a part of the show. Um, before we get into our discussion, uh, I, I want to throw this out there real quick because I realized this the other day when I was thinking about, you know, doing some workouts and, and exercising a little bit. Um, certainly not uh, 
you know, 25 anymore. Well, let's see. The last time I was an actual athlete was I was 18. Uh, I'm a far cry from that. Do you still feel like in your head you can do things that you could do when you were actually still an athlete and still athletic, and then you, you try to do those things and you realize that that is a harsh reality that those days are long gone? Are you kidding me? I learned the, the hard way. Now, this was a few years back. But, yes, the answer is an emphatic yes. So I'm, so I'm, out, I, I'm out on uh, Thanksgiving, and I have uh, – some family members, some younger nephews, um, were throwing the football around, right? And <laughs> we started playing a game of football. So uh, I, I had the ball. I'm going at them. And, then, you know, when I was playing football when I was younger, I used to do this kind of stutter step move, and then you'd do a spin move. You'd stutter step and spin around them. Used to work sure. like a charm. So I don't I know bet. what I was thinking. So I'm approaching them, stutter, go to spin, I spin, and bam, just crashed right into the ground. Almost separated my shoulder. <laughs> they didn't even touch uh, me. Attack, I tackled myself. That is outstanding. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about right there. That is a perfect example. Yeah, and God, Mine is like, anytime oh, I try to. Nothing's wrong at all. Nothing's wrong. I didn't hurt myself. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, my, I might have to go to the emergency room. I think I separated my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> too good. Oh, gosh, that's outstanding. I I like to still go out and throw the baseball around a little bit, and I used to be able to do that all day. I, I get like five throws in now, and it's toast. My arm shot. I am so. itching to throw. I'm staring at th- three baseball gloves that are sitting right here with me, and baseball in the glove and dying You're to kidding. have a catch. No. I, I text no somebody. I text, I text one of our strength coaches just yesterday uh, saying that I was dying to play catch. I had no idea that you had the itch to get out and throw the ball. Oh, We're doing that. Big time. Big time itch to throw it around. But, you know, All I right. don't know. We well, Are we allowed well, to throw it around? We would be touching the same baseball. We would. I think we have to sanitize our hands first, and then we have to dip the ball in some hand sanitizer, and then we're good to go. We're good okay. at that point. Can you Once throw the more hands than are sanitized, feet? Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> we have to be six I would hope you could make, throw. Making sure you can throw that yeah. far. <laughs> if you can yes. Oh, come on. Okay. That's, you know what? That oh, you said you had right like there. one or two throws, and yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, well, still from a reasonable distance. I mean, I can't throw from yeah. home plate to the wall like I used to, but come on. Wow. What a romantic uh, baseball conversation this is. We should just go, you know, field of dream. <laughs> Tommy, you want to have a catch? <laughs> uh, just hearing you say that makes me tear up a little bit. Yeah, I know. All right, let's talk baseball here. We got a couple let's minutes before we got to get into our first break. Uh, you you had the opportunity. This is obviously the, uh, the we're thirty years removed from the wire to wire Reds uh, team that won it all in nineteen ninety. What a year that was! Yeah. Um, I, I, you know this as well as anybody. That is a great Reds team that, and for good reason. Obviously, the big red machine is is what it is. But I think that nineties team sometimes. Still gets overshadowed by that group. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, that's extremely accurate. And but you know there were many red fans, obviously, that aren't in the age bracket. They, they weren't alive when the big red machine was playing. So the 1990 team is their big red machine. And as good as the big red machine is, and believe me, that's right. You know, in my wheelhouse, I idolize those guys. But the 1990 team was not only excellent as far as talent goes but they had a cast of characters they were so enjoyable to watch and i don't want to say they came out of nowhere because they had 
finished, I believe, second four uh, straight years under Pete Rose. Uh, and they were very talented. They had a good nucleus. But um, the fact that they – what they did in the playoffs and went wire to wire, it didn't come out of nowhere, but it really surprised the baseball world, particularly in the playoffs. Um, and uh, they were so fun to watch because you didn't know what you were going to get on a different day, whether it be the Nasty Boys or the what Eric Davis would be doing, Barry Larkin, one of the best shortstops of all time. You had Chris Sabo on that team. You had Jose Rio with his big giant squirt gun. You had Tom Browning on that team. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on of just characters. Uh, Paul O'Neill, he was such an emotional player. Um, they were, boy, they were fun. That was just a great, great, if you're a Reds fan, that is, was a great season to watch. Now, you're, you were still, take me back here, because you were still pretty early on in your professional career, correct? You were, you, yeah. you were a local sports guy up in mm -hmm. Columbus, so you got to cover that team. But yeah. You're fresh off of being a, a true fan and a diehard fan of the team, and, and we got to get to a break, but, but i got to ask you this before we go. How much different was it and how odd was it covering this team now in a professional manner as opposed to just a few years before you were following the team as a fan. I mean, it's a whole different monster there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, I was. I graduated college in 1990. So I had already had a job in local news. I was a rare case where I was actually on the air before I graduated college, which I don't even know how I pulled it off. But um, so, yeah, we, we would – I was in Columbus, so we didn't cover every game, but we would go down periodically. Uh, we certainly covered the playoffs in the World Series. Game two of the 1990 World Series is probably the, the greatest game I've covered, um, which we can talk about later. But, yeah, it was it was completely different, and I was just fan – I tried not to be fanboy, you know. And I was early on in the <laughs> right. career. I wasn't sure how to act. So I was just kind of following everyone else's lead and didn't really ask questions, just kind of – but, uh, yeah, I was fanboy big. I mean, I, the fact that I had a credential, I was like, wow, this is free. I got a credential. I can go to the game. <laughs> like, oh, okay, hold on. I'm going there to work. Instead, take a step I'm back. I'm going there to work. Fanboy. Take a step back, fanboy. You'll be all right. But, no, it was cool. It's it tough was, to it was That's awesome. It's tough in a situation like that. Sometimes you get, uh, you get caught up in a game. And I know this has happened to me, when I, especially when I was doing – TV news. I was reporting on games, um, and I was very new to reporting. In fact, if I were to go back and do sports reporting now uh, on the news, I would still be very new at it. I have done so little of it, but uh, there were games I would get caught up in, and I'm like, it, it's the end of the game, and I'm thinking, I have not formulated a story at all yet, because you just kind of get wrapped <laughs> up in the game. Yeah. And, and it could be tough, yeah, no question. Well, we're going to talk more about this 90s Reds team. There's a lot to talk about with this group. Jim Day had a front row seat for much of it, and we'll continue our conversation. Plus, Eddie Tobinzi joins us at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. As always, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thraw. I'm chuckling here. Uh, well, first of all, Jim had me cracking up during the break. Second of all, I, I mentioned earlier, Jim, I've got the windows opened up in the, uh, in the apartment here, and I'm on the first floor, and watching people walk by with the uh, – I've got the blinds open, the windows up, so I can see people as they walk by. 
And the looks that I'm getting right now is pretty comical. It's, it's wow, very that guy funny. is so bored that like, he's in there practicing his broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, like, what is this guy doing? What is happening right now with this guy? He is clearly the quarantine has made this guy completely lose it. Like, that's it. Well, just sit out, on the, sit out on the sidewalk next time. <laughs> you know, get I like an audience, to, make sure they're six table. feet apart, and just have an audience. Well, all right. So there's a little park. I call it a park. It's like a courtyard uh, with like six benches, and they're they're amply spaced, and they got a little happy hour going on right now. Some of the neighbors in the in the courtyard, and it's a social distancing happy hour. I'm not there calling anybody go. out here. They're abiding by the rules, and uh, good for them. I love it. Yeah. So ni- nice day. Why not? Um, we're talking 90s Reds baseball. If you'd like to join the conversation, you are welcome to do so. All you have to do is pick up your telephone and punch in 513-749-1360, and you can be a part of the show and talk some Reds baseball with us. Um, speaking of the 90s Reds, the 90s All-Decade team is something you can vote on right now to celebrate the 30th anniversary of that 1990 wire-to-wire world champion team. Um, the 25th anniversary as well of the 95 NL Central Division Champs team. Fans will have the opportunity to choose their own 90s Reds all-decade team. That's the entire decade of the 90s. Voting is available now through April 30th at reds.com slash 1990team. You can go to reds.com, scroll down, not quite halfway down the page. You'll see a big uh, 90s-themed button there you can click on. That'll take you to the voting page as well. And uh, vote on it. It's, it's kind of fun. You look back, you, you see some of the names, and um, it'll probably be uh, a trip down memory lane as you remember some of the key moments from some of those guys. And um, sometimes you look back on a team, and uh, so many guys come and go. You, I'm, not, I'm not saying you forget about guys, but you, you see a name, and then all of a sudden you're, rem- you're reminded of, of their, um, their time with the club. So that can be a lot of fun. Check that out. Uh, vote. And uh, you have until the end of the month, pretty much, to get your votes in. Jim, we're talking with you. You covered the team. You recently talked to some of the guys from the 90s Reds. And uh, one guy you've talked to a few times, Lou Pinella, uh, you went down to Florida. You had a conversation with him a few years ago. We still see uh, pieces of that interview air on Fox Sports Ohio. But, I mean, that, that conversation had to be so much fun to relive – his years managing the Reds. Oh, it was uh, it was awesome. It was one of my uh, favorite interviews. About you'll be able to see some of it next week. Um, actually, Fox Ohio is uh, replaying the 1990 World Series games next week, and we also just did a uh, a little reunion that's going to lead into that. I believe it's Wednesday before the air game one of the 1990 World Series, which we had a little reunion. We had Rob Dibble. Uh, Joe Oliver was the catcher on that team, and Hal Morse. And we just walked down memory lane. It was you know, done virtually through our computers. Um, so it was a lot of fun to hear those guys reminisce and the stories that they can tell. The ones off the air, face it better than the ones on the air. But you can tell <laughs> because I, 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 I posed this question to them. I go, could the 1990 team survive in the social media era? <laughs> their reaction is classic. You just you because they did some crazy stuff. So you just have to watch the show. So there's a little plug in. But the Lou Pinella interview um, was awesome. One um, just going into his house, and we did it in his den, where 
his whole wall is just done with pictures. And we're talking about he was a New York Yankee, too, uh, as a player. So, you know, pictures of Steinbrenner and all these Yankee teammates. And, and we actually sat around and just he said, oh, this picture is this and this is that. And this is that. Started telling some George Steinbrenner stories. And if we ever have time sometime, remind me to tell you the Steinbrenner story of when he first oh, became a Yankee. Because uh, it's very, very funny. But um, he was the perfect guy to lead that 1992. We talk about characters. I mean, he, he was, you know, the leader in the clubhouse. But he was the manager. Um, he made it fun to cover that team as well. Or just a wide, not to cover that team. I, I don't want to act like I've been, I was around them every day. I was working at local news in Columbus, so uh, I was more sure, of a fan of watching them from afar. Yeah. Yeah, that, but that's still a great experience. And, and, you know, you go back, you look at that team. We talked about it before. They got off to just an explosive start when their first nine games still had a really mm-hmm. good first half. And then they were very average heading into the postseason from the All-Star break on. They were actually, uh, looking at it here, they were a game under 500 to yeah. close out the season. They were 41 and 42 to close it out. So they get into the postseason. Then you, you've got to play the Pirates. And think about this yeah. Pirates team. We were talking yeah, about but, it during the break. I mean, Barry Bonds, yeah. Andy Van Slyke, Bobby Bonilla. That was no walk in the park there. No, if you talk to um... – the players, they'll tell you that it was tougher to beat the Pirates than it was the A's. Uh, Pirates, I think, won 95 games that year. Jim Leland, one of the great managers of all time, was their manager. And no one gave the Reds a shot because of the way that, like you just said, they were one game under 500. Oh, I'm hearing the music, Tommy. That uh, means I, I think that's a cue. That means that we, is are, a cue. We, are out of, we are out of time for this particular segment. Uh, we're going to be back. We're going to talk more 90s Reds baseball. Now, this guy wasn't a part of that 1990 team. Joined a few years later, but former Reds catcher Eddie Tobinsey will join us when we continue. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Become a member of the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Dinsmore, and receive an exclusive Marty Brenneman bobblehead. Sign up at redsmuseum.org. Quantities are limited and available with all levels of membership. Please note that the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum is currently closed, and uh, right now scheduled to be closed through May 12th. So hopefully that'll get opened back up. Uh, we have been talking 90s Reds baseball on the show today, and uh, we'll continue that conversation now with our next guest as we welcome in former Reds catcher Eddie Tobinsey. How are we doing, Eddie? Guys, uh, thank you for coming on. Hey, I want a Marty Brenneman bottle head. That, that sounds pretty cool. I bet we'll, it is. Uh, we'll call Marty. He's I'm, got about 150 of them right in his living <laughs> And he's, got them all, he's probably got them all on display as well. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, yeah, go ahead. Call him up. I'm sure he's got one he could spare. Well, I'm so happy to be with you guys tonight. Well, we're, it's great to have you. And, uh, you know, we were talking before about the, the 90s Reds. You know, the big red machine obviously gets talked about a lot as well that group should. 
but the 90s Reds, also very good. Now, you weren't there in 1990. In fact, we were talking about that, that 90 team. That was probably an interesting year for you in your career because, you know, you're drafted by the Reds, you're working your way through the system, and then all of a sudden you don't get protected. You get picked up by the A's as a Rule 5 pick. They cut ties with you at the end of spring training, and you end up with the Indians, which worked out because you eventually made it to the big leagues that year with them. But that 90 season was probably a, a, as big of a year as it was for you. Probably still kind of a roller coaster at the same time, was it not? It certainly was. I've already spent five years in the minors with the Reds from 86 to 90 and um, going to the instructional league all those years. And what the thing is, the Reds had such a backlog jam of great catchers. Obviously, Joe Oliver made it to the big leagues and established himself and had a great year. And, and Dan Wilson was also in, 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 the, in the system. And so he, he was kind of ahead of me. So he went on to obviously play for uh, Seattle for such a long time. So we had a log jam of really good catchers. And, you know, so to protect on the 40-man that year, they, they tried to protect me on a triple-A. So I got picked up. I had a great year in Cedar Rapids with Reggie Sanders. We had a great team. And, um, and so I got picked up. And that's really what catapulted me from A-ball to the big leagues. Uh, for four days in AAA and up in the big leagues that year. So it got me to the big leagues quicker. So actually it was the best thing uh, for me at the time. Did you ever think at that point that you would – oops, I'm sorry, Jim. Go ahead, Tommy. Go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry about that. Did you ever think that you would end up back with the Reds after after you left? You know what? That that, that never crossed my mind because I went on to the Indians and obviously they had traded to the Astros. You know, the big Kenny Lofton trade, you know, because they, they moved uh, some young second base, or catcher to second base named Craig Biggio, and so they needed a catcher. So me and Scott Service were platooning, and so I thought, you know, get my chance to develop. But uh, something happened with the Reds. Joe Oliver got hurt. He got, a, 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 you know, a really weird, rare disease, I think. And, um, and so – you know, they were able to, you know, I had a couple of years in the big leagues, the Astros developing, and, and so the Reds already knew me. So it was it was in 1994, you know, they traded for me at the beginning of the season. And so myself and Brian Dorsett were, were platooning, and that was the strike year. We were in first place that year with the Reds. 1995 with the Reds. Um, you make it to the NLCS. It, it doesn't go your way in the NLCS, but that was another terrific season in Reds history. How special was that for you? That, that was a, a big, big year because the year before, you know, had, we had a good team. And they, they added uh, Benito Santiago, uh, on, you know, as, because as a veteran catcher. And the, really that kind of catapulted my year because Benito, they, even though he caught during the playoffs, but early in the year he hurt his elbow and had elbow surgery. And he was out for like two and a half months. And for two and a half months, I got to be the everyday catcher and carried the team. We were in first place. And when Benito came back, we were platooning the whole year. So it really gave me a chance as a young catcher. They got to see me uh, be able to play on an everyday basis and to hold my own and for us to win. So for us, when Benito came out, platoon. But when it came to the playoffs, he took the reins during the playoffs. But I did hit 500 in the playoffs. I just want to let you know. I went one for two, and, and, they, and, uh, and so if they would just played me a little bit more, maybe I'd have kept up that average. I could carry this. Maybe won, maybe won one game against the Braves. <laughs> <laughs> we played 126 games in 1999. Um, wow, that that 99 team was also very fun to watch. 
Um, and it, it, of course, it didn't end like he wanted to. That one game playoff with the Mets, which is just stinging for Reds fans. Oh. But '99 was a special year. Oh my goodness! I thought there was no stopping us that year. I think we realized how good we were. It was right before the All Star break. I think we had a 10 game winning streak going into the All Star break. It was all against first place teams. We went to the West Coast and we just just had a great day. We thought, oh my gosh, we we belong here. We deserve. We we're gonna do this. And then there was even we, the last week of the season, we just had to win two out of three against Milwaukee. Felt a little short, and even when we came home, we, we, we thought I, I thought for sure we we're going to win that game against against the Mets. But Al Ryder pitched an amazing game, and uh, it was, you know, man, it was I I was excited personally to, to be the catcher in the playoffs and then to be a part of that to see what we can do. Um, I, I love those years. You know, when Jack McKean was our manager, he was the first manager who just let me play every day, and uh, I got a chance to put up the numbers I, I knew I could put up playing every day. We're visiting with Eddie Tobinzi. Eddie, come back for another segment if you've got the time to do it. We'll talk more uh, Reds baseball with you. How's that sound? Oh, let's do this. All right. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thraw. As always, we're presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. We're talking 90s Reds today and Eddie Tobinzi is our guest you can vote for him uh, as part of the Reds uh, 90s all decade team all you have to do go to reds.com scroll down about not quite halfway down the page and then uh, you can vote on players from the 90s uh, celebrating of course a great decade in Reds history and uh, Eddie have you gone on that uh, gun on there to, to kind of uh, look at some of the names that are on there and, 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 you know, kind of remind you of some of your teammates. And I'm sure just by, I was talking about it before, as a fan, when you look back on some of these names, the stories come flowing back. I would think as a player that played with a lot of these guys that you would have stories flooding back. Yeah, I did. Actually, uh, I've seen the side. You know what? I did vote a couple times already. And, uh, of course, my mom is, my mom is telling all her friends on, on Facebook. So, yeah, we're, we're doing the best we can to, to get me on that 90s team. So it's, it's going to be a hard one. There's a lot of, a lot of great players on there. And as I was looking at it, it, it does bring back a lot of memories. Thinking, man, there's some good players around in that time. Yeah, you look at the catchers, uh, looking at it right now, you're on there with uh, Jason LaRue, Jeff Reed, Joe Oliver, and the aforementioned Benito Santiago. But what do you yeah. look at your numbers? You're seven years with the Reds, and – 286 batting average, including 311 in that 1999 season you were talking about. So for a catcher, 286, those are good numbers. Yeah, I guess if you're going to pick a team on, on stat-wise, I have a really good chance. But uh, I think, to be honest, I think it's Joe Oliver's guy. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a lot going for him. Obviously, the World Series win and things like that. So um, it's going to be a tough one. Well, I want you to go back to that 99 season. Um, we, we talked about the 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 disappointing end in that uh, one-game playoff of the Mets. But when you look back on that season for you, I mean, that was a career year for you personally, and it was kind of towards the end of your career as well. Uh, you were 30 years old, if I'm not mistaken, that year. I mean, what what was it that kind of just worked for you? You'd always, had a, you'd always been a good hitter. You'd always hit well. But, I mean, you really – you went on a tear that year. 
Well, to be, to be honest, guys, it really um, – if you look my stats before that, I mean, I've always put up the same type of numbers playing half the time. I just always thought if somebody gave me a chance to play every day, I could do it. In fact, the year before, I was off to a hotter start. I was leading the league and hitting in 98 for the first two months of the season, and then I hurt my wrist, and I was playing hurt with my wrist, and I got it cleaned out in the offseason. I came back healthy in 99. Um, and you just played a full year healthy and, um, and the team doing well. I just played pretty much. I did what I, I was capable of doing. And to be honest, the next year in 2000 is when my body just started breaking down. And that's, you know, I, I had some back problems on the DL. And that was the first time in the year 2000. I was drafted in 1986 until 2000. I've never been on a disabled list. I've always played, played through things. And so, that that was that was just something you know. My career, I was always been a healthy big guy, and just when my body, my back went out on me. It was just that I was never the same. I couldn't I couldn't play. I went to the Indians for that one year, and it was hard enough just to play that one year in 2001, and I was done after that. Well, looking at further looking at this list and choosing the All Decade team, uh, you know, a couple of them are pretty easy. One being shortstop. I mean, yep. no, nothing against Freddie Benavides, Travis Dawkins, or Pokey Reese, but this was going to Barry Larkin in a landslide. Uh, what was it like playing with Barry? And in 1999, you had the leadership of Greg Vaughn, two really good leaders on that team. What was it like? I tell you what, uh, yeah, Greg Vaughn was the um, – basically, he, he, was, he took on the brunt of – of what we needed. He, he, he was uh, uh, our big hitter who would take the heat when needed. But Barry Larkin was more, uh, more than any team that I have ever had. He, he, he was there. He showed up every single day. In, in the days we always take infield, he always never missed the infield, never missed this, never missed that. He, was, he, he not only showed it on the field, when he, when he spoke, he listened. Uh, he, he was a consummate leader, and you know what? He was he was the captain the whole time. I was there to play seven years to watch him for seven years. Well, what was it was amazing going day in and day out, playing at a level, a Hall of Fame level, to play hurt, to play through things, and and you know what? And the play, the being ups and downs, you know, the, the win World Series, the the rebuild, and to come back is just amazing. He, I have so much respect for someone like him. You talked about guys you've played with. How about managers you played for? Uh, was there was there a guy you played for a, a fair amount of managers too? I mean, couple of couple of seasons you had two different managers. So were there uh, were there some guys that really stood out that you really loved playing for? Well, yeah. When I first got over there, Davey Johnson was over there as the manager, and uh, you know, I went to, I went to school with a high school. I graduated high school with his daughter, so I kind of knew him that way, and. Uh, it was nice playing for a good play for him. And, you know, then it was Ray Knight after that and then Jack McKeon. And, and so uh, for me, it, you know, I, I played hard for all of the managers, but for me, it was Jack McKeon who, who was the one who believed in me and just let me play. You know, the, the other managers, obviously they let me play too, but was, I was always platooning with great catchers. I, you know, Joe Oliver, Benito Santiago, um, you know, I was always trying to fight time with those guys. And so when Jack McKeon came around, he just kind of let, let these let, let this young guys, get these young teams just go out there and play and just let us develop. It was really nice. 
Jack McKeon, the spring training is so regimented nowadays. Tell me, if, tell me or not if this is true, that he would he would come into the clubhouse in the morning of spring training and sit there in the middle and just basically map out what you're going to do for the day at the very end. Let's just, let's just go out there and get your work in. Was it like that? Yeah, yeah, with a cigar. Yeah. I think he had a perpetual one going all day long. And, uh, yeah, he was he, – he came in because he wanted – Get, get guys get their work in, get what they needed to get done, and kind of get on out of there. So he was um, being, being kind of the old school mentality, but he knew how he he took care of the players. He knew what the players needed to get ready, and uh, he, he gave us a lot of leeway and freedom to um, to to kind of um, police ourselves. Eddie, certainly appreciate the time. It, it's been fun talking some Reds baseball with you, especially those 90s teams, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Good luck on the All-Decade team as well. But uh, thanks again for, for being on with us today. Well, just let everybody know I'll come over for dinner. Anybody votes for me, so I'll come over. <laughs> this is all over. Are you coming with groceries? You know what? <laughs> That's right. I'll do it. Okay. All right. I'm bobbleheads. We'll give away the bobbleheads. All right. I'm on Reds.com right now. I'm going to vote a few times for you. I'll be expecting you. Right. I I like New York strip steak, by the way. Yeah, you bet. All right. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. Eddie Eddie (laughs) Tobinsy joining us. Thanks so much. Uh, We will uh, be back. Jim and I will wrap up the show when we return. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up today on the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. Sign up your son or daughter for the coolest club in all of Reds country for only 30 bucks. Your child can become a Reds Heads Kids Club member and get an exclusive backpack, jersey, a Eugenio Suarez bobblehead, free Reds tickets, members-only experiences, and more. Plus today at Reds.com slash uh, purchase today at Reds.com slash kids club. Uh, Jim, I know you're working tirelessly on the Jim Day podcast. You still got that thing up and running, and you just had a heck of a conversation recently. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, I, not tirelessly. No, we we took a little oh, bit no, of a break. Oh no, tirelessly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you? Well, okay. Sure. You know, um, whatever. Well, the, the I don't know if you're talking about the Sean Casey one or the one that I just did today. In fact, it has no, not you recorded been one yet. today. Yeah, tell I me did. about that well, we, one. That sounds we like a We did the Sean Casey one in spring training before all the stuff came down. It's the second time he's been on the podcast. And if you haven't listened, just if you want an hour's worth of laughs and stories, please go listen to that. Reds.com slash Jim Day or wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. Um, but I've done all the interviews face-to-face. One thing I wanted to do was do these face-to-face even though it limits your guests. Um, it's, you just, I just think you have a better conversation when you're looking the guy in the eye or whoever in the eye. Um, but I just decided, all right, we're going to do phone. We're finally going to do phone. And so I thought, who, who's a player that I can call? And then he can in turn surprise and call some teammates. So I called Kyle Farmer, who everyone loves in the clubhouse. And he turned around and we surprise called Derek Dietrich, Sonny Gray, and Josh Van Meter. And oh it's just an hour's worth of these guys just going at it, what they've been up to. And so that will be coming out in the next few days. 
Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Jim, thanks as always. Enjoyed it. And a big thanks All to right. Eddie Tobinzi as well. Keep an eye out. Uh, the Reds rewind game on FSO uh, April 29th through May 2nd. Full schedule. The 90 World Series coming up. Our classic game of the week across the Reds radio network is from June 7th. That was Jesse Winker's walk-off homer. You can listen Fridays at 7 o'clock uh, across the Reds radio network to that. I'm Tommy Thraw for Jim Day, Eddie Tobinzi, and the broadcast sheriff Dave Keaton. So long.